Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Brown Ambition Christmas or whatever you celebrate. But we've got a present for you listeners. Yes, if you are looking for the perfect gift for the Brown Ambition fan in your life, head to brownambitionstore.com to get 25% off during our massive holiday sale. This deal will not be here long, so go to brownambitionstore.com and use the promo code, what is it, Tiffany? Ho, 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 but H-O-H-O-H-O. Don't get fresh now. (laughs) (laughs) Use promo code ho, ho, ho to get 25% off your Brown Ambition orders. Again, this deal won't last forever, or will it? Because maybe I'll forget to stop it. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Go to brownambitionstore.com, y'all. Happy, happy holidays. Hey, we're back. We're black. We're brown. Ambition. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Somebody want to send me a dog, a new dog for Christmas? Because my dog's losing her mind. Oh, my goodness. Mandra, we're back in the saddle. Hey, you. Last show of 2020. I know. We should have done like a recap or something like that. We should. I'll do a recap of 2020 for you right now. You ready? <laughs> yes. No, okay, no. There you go. We're done. (laughs) No, well, there were some actually, there were a lot of highlights. Can you believe a year ago, a year ago, we were, we had taken time off, a little bit of time off when I had the baby. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, it feels like a hundred million years ago that we brought. BA back in 2020. And I'm sure we said all kinds of hopeful things for the new year. <laughs> I know. Like everybody like, else. Oh, I know. Oh, we should maybe like, maybe we should end on that. Like some hopeful things for 2021 that what we're hoping for. I think that'd yeah. be a nice thing to end on. But um, yeah, no, but you're right. I'm sure we were like, and then, and then, wait, what? Pandemic, quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. And now $600 in stimulus money. Yeah. Child. Deja vu, right? Deja vu, except like a worse deja vu because it's not yes. as sweet as the first. Deja poo. Deja poo. <laughs> yeah, let's break it down because it's just, you know, I think, wait, today is Monday. Uh, I had to look at my computer to be like, what day of the week is it? Because I believe the text of the bill that Congress still hasn't totally voted on as of when yes. we're when we're recording on this, but they expect to be voting on this new stimulus package. And there's all yes. kinds of goodies in it, not maybe as, as good as they could be, because honestly, first of all, the fact that it's taken them this long uh, is 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 sad and pathetic. Um, so it may just be too little, too late for some people, but there are there is some relief. So I think we should do some unpacking. Do you mm-hmm. want to start with that six hundred dollar stimulus sure. check, quote unquote, or just so you know, deposit? D- d- 
<laughs> so just so you know, like they, so to Mandy's point, it's a, uh, it's set to pass and it's nearly one, it's a nearly $1 trillion coronavirus relief bill. Just so you just know like what the overall bill is. Yeah. Um, and the slim down checks look like $600 for individuals earning up to $75,000 and couples earning one fifty or less. And um, it's really half the value of the first round of checks issued under the Coronavirus Aid, um, Relief and Economic Stability, or AKA the, the CARES Act. Mm. Um, so also too, taxpayers will also receive an additional $600 for each child under 17. So let's just say it's you and your hubby and you earn, you know, I don't know, $100,000 between the two of y'all, you're going to get the 600. And then you have two kids, you're going to get, and they're both 10, 10-year-old twins, you'll get another 1,200. So 1,800 altogether. Yay. <laughs> I, it just hit me that that's only half because you're right, it was 1,200 the last yep. time around. God, they're so cheap. So cheap. And the, okay, let's, let's focus because I just keep thinking about this post I saw about Lindsey Graham getting the vaccine. And I'm like, your entire party just wanted to call this whole thing a hoax. Like, why are you first in line to get a vaccine? But anyway, uh, for my dad, what I'm looking at is unemployment benefits. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, because his unemployment benefits were going to expire like everyone else's at the end of this month. But now they have been extended. Uh, and so I'm reading the New York Times here just to, you know, reveal my sources. And I want to get this right. But yeah, they uh, lawmakers are going to extend the amount of time people can collect unemployment benefits. And it would also, remember that ex, the extra $600 a week that... Um, folks were getting at the beginning of pandemic as part of that mm-hmm. stimulus package. Mm-hmm. So the theme for this new stimulus package is let's do the same thing, but make it worse. So instead of $600 mm-hmm. a week, they're going to be getting $300 a week extra on top okay. of their unemployment benefits, which isn't nothing, but it's not amazing. Um, and, yes. and that extra $300 that will last through March 14th. Okay. And also, I, un- I understand there's an increased food aid and emergency rental assistance that's been included in this package. So thank God. I want to read about that. I was trying to scroll down to to, to read about the the renters' assistance because that truly is the in foreclosure protection too. Because that really is the for me that is the 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 real threat to so many on the brink is will they lose their homes? And you know, I understand it's not just about renters. Uh, you know, becoming homeless. There's there's landlords who are not big corporations who also have mortgages to pay and all that. So what are you seeing on your end? Because I'm still scrolling to figure out, you know. So um, it hasn't been fully worked out yet, but so there's something called SNAP. I forget what SNAP stands for. Supplemental Nutritional Aid. Uh, I know because I had to sign my dad up for it. Um, But yeah, it's it's, it's food stamps. Mm-hmm. So, so right now, the the funding is including a fifteen percent increase to the maximum SNAP benefits for six months, uh, through potentially June thirtieth, twenty twenty one, and so this increased the amount to to boost to about twenty five dollars per person each month, which is honestly kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So, like according to this, that's really crazy. That's basically saying a dollar thirty nine per person per meal, which is like how can you really even? I mean, what can you do with that? But so, but at least there'll be an increase. Um, that's what that's looking like. And rental, I'm just looking at, for you guys, just so you know, I'm looking at CNBC as my current source. Mm-hmm. So for emergency rental Ooh, I insurance. See. 
I got, you got it. Yeah. So rental eviction. So this is something. Yeah, I remember now because the Trump administration they they some it was they used the CDC, which was kind of odd, but the CDC had extended previously the eviction ban through the end of the year. This extends it again till the thirty first of January. So that means if you're renting and you can't afford to pay your rent, you can download a form from the CDC's website to to show that you're eligible for the, you know the um the uh, what do you call it? What, why can't I find the um, that you're not, that you can't get kicked out of your house, basically. And we can post a link to this this guide, this resource in our show notes as well. But that's something, at least. Yeah. But I, whenever I hear that, I always think to myself, so okay, there's a ripple effect. So let's just say you can't afford your rent, so you can't be evicted. So then, what about the landlord? Yeah. You know, because that's not their primary residence for most landlords. And so is there protection for them? Because if I can't pay my mortgage and I'm not included in the, you know, the CARES Act as it relates to not losing my home, my primary residence, because this is an investment property. What does that mean? You know? Well, thank you, Tiffany, for asking, because I'm looking at that (laughs) section now. Mortgage forbearance. So this is something that a lot of homeowners took advantage of. So if you're struggling to make your payments and for landlords, that's, you know, you have a mortgage like everybody else. You may qualify for a forbearance, which basically tells the bank, you know, we're going to, the bank tells you we can let you pause or reduce your payments for up to 180 days. After that, homeowners can ask for an additional 180 days according to the times. And it says that these rules, which apply to federally backed mortgages, so those are the, you know, the, they, I think federal, like, G, uh, what is it called? Fannie and Freddie, I mean, they hold the vast majority of mortgages in the U.S. So this would apply to most homeowners. Yeah. So it applies to federally backed mortgages and they're still in effect as part of the CARES Act relief package passed in March. So, so, I mean, there's, I, can we talk about forbearance though for a second? Because yes, the thing about the thing that's important for homeowners to understand is forbearance. Yes. It it would allow you to temporarily pause or reduce your payments. But what I'm not clear on is so often it's not like you don't owe that money. In fact, you have to look at your forbearance agreement if your bank sends you one and be sh- and mm-hmm. or ask questions when you call them up to talk about forbearance because they may expect you to have a lump sum payment to cover, you know, how many months is 180 days on 6 months to have 6 months of payments ready when that that relief uh window is is over, which to me doesn't sound very much like a benefit. Yeah, because if I had it, then I wouldn't need the relief. Yeah. And then, you know, there is the worry about, like, so what happens when it's all said and done? You know, what happens when, you know, you know the forbearance is lifted? And do you owe all in a lump sum? Does it get... Does it get um, kind of, like, in- enveloped and folded back in to your, to your current mortgage? I mean... Uh, it's just crazy times, honestly. Yeah, you really have to talk to your to your bank, whoever, you know, whatever uh, bank or financial services company uh, services your loan to, to ask what happens after that forbearance period is over. They may ask, they may make you eligible to push it back when that, that period's over. But I think that's a really a, an important question to ask. And it's probably going to vary from bank to bank. There's There's one other thing for homeowners to be aware of, foreclosure protection. So we covered renter and eviction protection and we got... Mortgage forbearance, so foreclosure protection in this new package says single-family homeowners with loans backed by Fannie or Freddie would be protected from foreclosure through at least January 31st, 2021. It was going to expire at the end of December, so this is basically an extra month. 
Jeez mm-hmm. Louise, it feels like they do. It just took so much time to get like what a, a, a few months of extra an extra protection for people. So what's going to happen at the end of January? We're just going to be back in the same, you know, the same place we are in now waiting for Congress to get their act together. It's truly, truly 2020 for me. I will never, ever take for granted who my local elected officials are ever, ever house and Senate. They matter so, so much. I will never take that for granted. I mean, representative Maxine Waters, AKA auntie Maxine basically said it's a start. It's something. (laughs) Yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's the the highlights for small business owners. There, the the big headline there is that, and it's small business owners, you know, that can be entrepreneurs, or maybe, you know, people who actually have employees, all kinds of things. But um, they're going to be bringing back the PPP program, which I realize is actually four P's. The Paycheck Protection Program will be coming back. I think they have like an extra $25 billion worth of aid. Remember, this is the program that was supposed to give aid to struggling small business owners and then like big corporations like Ruby Tuesdays, I think was one of them, got their hand in the pot first and then there wasn't, not because of that one big big business, but basically the money ran out really, really quickly. And a lot of folks weren't able to take advantage of it, struggling small businesses. So this time around, you definitely want to have your you know, have your ducks in a row and be ready to apply for those benefits ASAP, ASAP, because there's probably the same fear that the money is going to run out, you know, before everybody is able to get what they're eligible for. So, you know, basically try to make the most of what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we here's the thing, you know, we have a new administration that's coming, coming forth. So there might be forthcoming assistance. So, you know, we hope for that. But in the meantime, try to make the most of what's coming in. We hope that you turn up and show out Georgia in this special Senate runoff election. We actually got a, a message from someone like with a question. I'm going to read her question during that, during our next segment. But she, at the end of it, she's like, don't worry, Mandy, I'm going to vote in the in the Senate runoff. It's so, so important, Georgia, because this, this relief, like Tiffany, if, if we expect Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris to provide relief, they're going to need Congress to do it. Yes. And the Senate especially. We don't have the Senate right now in terms of Democrats. And we need both of these seats basically to to break even, to have a 50-50 split Republicans to Democrats in the Senate. And then we'll still need the tie-breaking vote from Kamala Harris. So she is key in this too. So if you guys don't show up and show out in Georgia, we, like, we're we counting on you. And Georgia, you know, I do feel like Georgia came through obviously in a huge way during the general election, but I've been texting my family again and I'm not feeling the same excitement. And I'm like, y'all need to get out there and vote, please. <laughs> what? Yeah, I didn't have anything to add. I was, like, was like dead Just air. say yes. Like, Just say yes. Yes, I agree. No, you're right. I mean, honestly, I'm doing some posts myself. I was like, someone actually just reached out to me. It's like, can you post this? Uh, Lovey's been like, you know, giving us stuff to post with my friends and I. So I'm just like, no, you're right. There's there's no other way to say it. I think, I feel like we've all gotten, like the nation has gotten like a semi-civics lesson about like, oh, how important other elections are. It's not just the big one. The big ones actually is are the local ones. So literally everything is on the line. Future relief packages. I mean, these I, I understand why people can be like a little, I mean not more than a little, but just very cynical about elected officials and all of that. But truly it has taken like people have only seen twelve hundred dollars in how many months? Nearly a year of this pandemic. That is all that our government has done. And that is because 
we did not have the majority of Democrats in in Congress. And this could really truly be a game changer. And it matters like literally, you know, you could be getting a lot more than $600, you know, direct deposited mm-hmm. next week. Oh, we didn't say that those checks are coming according to um, according to so, an interview yeah. that the Treasury Secretary did. They could be coming the week after Christmas, but it could be a lot more than that. And and. You just gotta show up and show out, Georgia. Okay. Yes. Okay. Show up and show I'll out. I'll calm down. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll calm down. What else is happening in the world? Um, what's happening in the world? I don't know. I just feel like every day I'm like listening. Like I never was somebody who used to be following every nook and cranny of like politics, but mm-hmm. I feel like every day I'm like like listening for like, you know, what's happening with the current um, you know, like what lawsuits are currently out because of our current administration? Like, you know, what what state are they suing now? What person, you know, what fake news are they putting forward? It's just like, whoa, child, just keeping up with it. It's just been really fascinating to learn how things work. And what, what I really like, like I said, I'm, I love following that Instagram account with Neil, that um, that that um, uh, attorney. What I like is that what you'll hear is like Julie Rudiani, um, yeah, Ju- Ju- Rudy, no, Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani. <laughs> I said Julie Rudiani. <laughs> Rudy okay. the president, like, it's so funny how they'll say say a thing, and then, like, I'll listen to Neil, and I'm like, he'll break down, like, yeah, that's not true. Mm. <laughs> like, that's not legally possible or true, and then he'll break down so much so that when they went to court, they did not say that. You can say whatever you want on TV, but when you enter into court, you perjure yourself, you go to jail. So it's just so fascinating, and I just didn't realize just how much lies and deception were out there, but... Because when things are brought to court, people are very careful what they say mm-hmm. because you are held fully accountable. I mean, your freedom is actually on the line. So, yeah, that's just been like my. And then I don't know, but Mandy, did you did you see that L article that everybody was talking about yesterday? Uh, the the Martin Scre- How do you say his last name? She- Shekel? Screlly? Screlly? Screlly. I don't know why I said Shekel. I was actually <laughs> debating whether or not I was going to bring that up because it was a big news in my little social circle because I used to work with her. The woman in that article, she and I, at a certain point in the article, they talk about how she used to work at a legal do site prior to joining Bloomberg. That was the company that I worked for, too. They were a startup called Law360. And I was a reporter and she was like, yeah, she was the courts reporter. And she wasn't really around very much because she would be posted downtown New York at the court. But anyway, so, yeah, I got that email sent to me from a couple couple of formal colleagues. yeah. So let's let's talk about like what happened. So if you yes, set the scene, you know, type in um, L, and it, it's probably easier to type in Christine Smythe, like S M S M Y T H E something. We know we're gonna put a link in the show notes. You can just go to our show notes. Yes, that's true. Click on through. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if remind you, everybody who Martin Shkreli is and why everyone hates him. So they call him AKA Farmer Bro because mm-hmm. I remember when like it was like years ago. Um, there was an um, there was this uproar about this um, pharmaceutical executive that like raised the price of EpiPen by like five thousand percent, something crazy, and some other like necessary drugs for people to live. And he was taunting people on social. He thought it was hilarious. One of the things he did too, he bought like the Wu Tang album for for two million dollars, like the, their most recent one, and then promptly kept it and said he's not sharing it with the world. It was just a bunch of. It was a very strange, weird. What is going on here? Um, but he d- definitely did a lot of taunting, especially of um, women reporters and things. And so he just, you know, just overall not a great guy. Yeah. Um, an a-hole, if you will. And like relished oh. it. He was a yes. He was a very classic troll. And it seems like it was years and years ago, but he's still in jail. 
What did yeah. he go to jail for? It, he got, or prison? It um, wasn't fraud. Fraud, like because he, yes, he also had a um. What are those things called? A um. Oh, Ponzi scheme. Was, not no. He was in venture capital. No, he was a um hedge fund. Hedge fund. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so he did some like you know. Oftentimes people will do these like, morally, you know, immoral things, but that's not the thing that catches them. It's almost always like taxes, right? So um. So yeah. So he did something with the hedge fund, and he paid in a way that he wasn't supposed to, or withdrew in a way he wasn't supposed to, and. They got him basically for seven years. So, you know, whatever, you know, he gets his just due. But so this young woman, Christine, she was um, assigned to cover him. And she was one of the first people to kind of write a story about him. And as his profile grew, you know, she she became closer and closer to him and I guess eventually fell in love with this guy. Meanwhile, she was married and um, she was a respected reporter, according to Elle, at Bloomberg. She quit her job because they were like, this is a conflict of interest. Yeah. Married, quit her job. Um, just like it moved to New Jersey to be close to the jail that he's in. It just, it was a crazy story. I was like, what is this? So you think that's crazy? So um, I know you're not on Clubhouse much, Mandra. I've been doing Unless- it more. I've been listening. Well, last night I happened to be scrolling and there was a, a Clubhouse room. That said about that that um, Martin Sh- Scrilling. Sh- well, yeah. yes. Oh, you heard it. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, yeah. Go. 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 Girl. Why did you text me like, though? I would have joined. I, I know. I should have. <laughs> right. So um, it was like about that that L story basically, and I was like, okay. So like, I poked my head in, and they were just talking about it. And I was like, because that's what made me look. So I was like, what about this story? So I googled it and I read it. And I was like, oh, salacious. No biggie. And then I happened to be on the Twitters, and someone was like, woo, child. Um, Christine is in a clubhouse discussing the article. I'm like, no, she's not. So I flew to clubhouse, <laughs> digitally flew, and I found that clubhouse room and listened for like a good 30, 40 minutes. Honestly, she sounds a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> like, oh, I don't yeah. know whether she, something snapped in her or she is a sociopath herself or <laughs> she... It seems like she really enjoys the the negativity. Mm. Like she was relishing and like nobody was yelling at her. Everybody was like, you know, just asking questions and things. But it seemed like she actually enjoyed all of this attention. Like, yeah, attention. And so it was such a such a strange thing. It's like, it's almost like you got caught for stealing and now you're like in front of the store. And, you know, you have handcuffs on everyone's looking at you like, you stole? And you're smiling like, yeah, I did. So let me tell you, I was like trying to get gummy bear. Like, that's what it sounded like. Like, um, this is not really a good thing. Why are you so happy about it? But the part that was really crazy after all of this is said and done, after you've basically trashed your life for this guy, he said, yeah, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Oh, that ending was so, really heartbreaking. Yeah. Yes. He, when they said that, he, like, how you going to go to even. Like, yeah, I wish you the best her, of like, luck yeah, in your future you, endeavors. Ooh. Ah, yo, I was like, and yo. you were told that by a reporter who's a watching reporter. you, Tira. Oh, I had to yeah, listen. I'm not going to pretend like we were great friends. You know, I had not thought about Christy in a long time. But I guess as a as a fellow human being, my heart does ache for her. I do feel. I mean, without just based on this article and having not given him very many of my brain cells in the past to think about him. I just imagined to be a very manipulative person. And as a reporter, you, I do, and especially a reporter who's covering like a personality like this, they can make you feel very special if they, if you get special access to them. So I can really see how he might've lured her in with that, that feeling of you're the only one I'm talking to, et cetera. But then to 
Like she froze her eggs for him, you know? And, and I don't necessarily, I think I, I saw, I was, I had enough time to read a, a couple of like hot takes on Twitter and someone had, had tweeted that, you know, in, in life, often when people are unhappy with their circumstances, they'll, they'll sort of like trigger their own, they'll blow it up themselves. And it's yeah. sort of like, so I have to imagine she must have been really struggling. Maybe she didn't love her career. Maybe she didn't love, you know, her relationship. And maybe she was looking for something different. And then, you know, this opportunity presented itself to her. And for whatever reason, like, I I do empathize with her. At the same time, I think the o- she only had something to gain from this, which was notoriety and the potential for, what, a book deal that she seems to be really wanting and maybe yeah. a movie deal about their love affair. But, <laughs> like, who wants to see it? We don't need that. Oh, my God. I, I, that's all I can think. Why else would she want to go out with this story and do it in such a public fashion? I know. I was like, what's going on here? It was just so surreal, like, to be on Clubhouse. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? So was someone interviewing her? Like, it's so Clubhouse is so funny. Like, you just pop yes. in your room, people are just talking. Like, how do you... Do you have to like be invited to to talk or yes, yeah. you okay. do. Gotcha. So you have to so you can raise your hand to ask. So I just was like, okay, so I just popped in. I just basically was listening. So mm. you know, because usually what I do with Clubhouse, at first the first week, I'm not gonna lie, first maybe a week or two, I didn't really like it. I was like, I don't get it. And now I get it. So I you I look for a room where I think I can find value. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, this is about, you know, about how to how to market an eight-figure business or how to promote your children's book. I was in a room like that and I was just listening for new ways. So I'll listen. And then sometimes if I think I can add something, I would say mm, maybe a good 20% of the time I might raise my hand to like add something where I'm like, oh, I can add. And then 80% though, I'm usually in rooms where I'm just listening and learning and like mm-hmm. you take away a little nugget or like a website or whatever, and it's really good or someone to follow. So anyway, so, you know, that then there are rooms like that where people are just discussing things. So sometimes I, for for, for me, I like joining sometimes like the fashion and um, merchandising rooms because it's just a different type of business. And so it helps me expand the way I think about business. So I like to listen to those. Um, so anyway, yeah, it, it it was just pretty wild for that article to come out and then to go on Clubhouse and be like, wait, she's here? Yeah. Wait, what? She's looking for it's, any kind of coverage right now. That's how I feel yeah, about it. Yeah, and that's it. what someone said to her. They were like, girl. Yeah. Honestly, it was a, a couple of sisters that called her out. They're like, mm, must be nice to lean into your white privilege to be able to do this, but girl, the rest of us out here working, like, it's, it, this does not work out for people like us, you know? Yeah. And someone, people were like, it seems like you're delighting in all of this, so, yeah. I think she is. So. I, I almost think she's, and maybe some part of her thinks, too, that that he will come back to her. Be, and I think she even said that in the article that, or the writer did, that by bringing this relationship public, it'll kind of, because re- he hasn't talked to her in a year. Like, girl. a whole year. And she can't call him, he can only call her, and he hasn't called her in a year. And I'm like, Girl, it's a, someone's like, he's not busy, sis. Uh, he's sending your signal. Yeah. Like, he's, there's nothing to do in jail. Let him go. She, let him go. But she does. I will say this. Like, of, of all the other things that seemed kind of like disingenuous when she spoke, one thing that did seem genuine was that she does seem to genuinely love him, whatever love looks like with her mental state, you know? Well, there's books um, that have been written about, like, people who fall in love with people in prison who they've never met yeah. before. And there's a whole like subculture that is a is a movie I would watch, like a documentary or something like that about people who fall in love with people in prison. So I mean, she's, she's not the first person to to pine for someone in prison, but I mean, they don't even like whatever. I don't know. It's interesting. It's very weird to have, but you know, worked with her in the past. Um, but I wish her well, and 
<laughs> oh, God. I'm just sad that she's made this farmer bro like a topic again because mm, I know we had just forgotten about him, I feel like. Hey, and I'm not going to lie. He looks very strange. He looks like <laughs> you do- think he would look yes. with his personality. Like he just yes. like very like pasty and, you know. Dickish, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah looks, like a face you could punch, like a punchable face. <laughs> yes, that's, that's literally if, if a face you could punch was a person, you'd be like, oh, that's what it looks like in a dictionary. Yeah, I don't even know where to go from there. I'm like combing my brain. How do we go from from? No, we just go to questions. Let's just <laughs> yeah, just it's the end of the year and it's the end of this segment. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with your questions. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, we are back with your questions. Hit us up. I know that, you know, well, I, don't, I hope actually that none of y'all are traveling very far or anywhere for that matter for the holidays, but maybe you're sitting at home, taking a break, trying to get your, you know, finances, make your big career moves in 2021, doing your vision boards. Tiffany, didn't you say you just did a vision board party over the weekend? Yeah, I did one this weekend for um this company. Um, It was called, it's creative. What are they on Instagram? They do stuff like all the time. It's like free. And it was like so much fun. It was called creative culture or something. I feel like a lot of us are following them. No, um, create, create and cultivate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, why do I know them? Okay. Yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah. They were, it's just was really fun. So we just, um, they, they had like some weekend kind of like future planning party. It was called like the future you, a digital festival. And so they had a bunch of people teaching stuff. And I, I'm not going to lie. This was the most fun I'd had in so long. So I shared, like, my vision board process. And um, and there were, like, you know, a few hundred women on there. And we just talked about how to make their vision board, what materials they needed. But then, hmm. too, really how to take your vision board off your board and into real life. So it was a lot of fun. That's cool. I have never done a vision board. Do you think I should? I mean, it's up to you. I think, here's what I think. I always think that however you vision plan should be specifically in alignment with your personality. So if I was a photographer, I would vision plan by taking pictures or cutting out pictures and putting them up. If I was a painter, I would paint what, you see what I mean? Like mm. you, you're, that's where you would be best useful. So if you're a writer, you might vision plan by journaling. So I just like, I'm very visual. So I like to do, I use this kind of like this, um, cork board thing so I could take things off and on. 
Yeah. And I have the same vision board for the last 10 years. And I just, as things come true, I take the, the thing, those things off and then add new things on. But I love it just because like, it's not some magical thing, but what it does is like, it helps me remind myself the things that I'm working toward. And I'm not going to lie. I usually, I'll do it. I put it on the wall and I won't even, I won't even consciously look at it. Like I was looking at my vision board. I was like, oh snap. So much of this stuff came true. I forgot I put that on there. Yeah. That like what are lot. some things on there that you look back and you're like, dang, I really did manifest that. So launching like a successful um, Happy Birthday Molly Moore in, in book. And I'm like, oh, I even had like the old cover, a picture of it. I'm like, this is going to be, you know, it's going to have a successful uh, book launch. And we made six figures this year with Molly Moore. I was like, oh, that's on here. I, I always have some financial goals. So on there, cause what I do with my vision board is I split it in half. I put like uh, a masking tape down the middle and I do a professional and a personal half. Mm. Professional half, I have, um yeah, I have like a dollar bill that I like, I like put little stickies on to say $15 million. And the business has crossed over $15 million this year. I mean, um since the inception. And I was like, oh, it happened. And then on the personal side, something that did not happen, I've had Serena Williams on my personal side for the last 10 years. We ain't hit that yet, but that's all right. <laughs> Wait, what part of her? Married to the co-founder of Reddit or right. yeah, U.S. Like, Open no, Champions? about that body. That right? body. Like, that's oh, all right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't have guessed that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, mm, mm. we ain't hit that yet. I was like, that's all right. We, You know, one day, one day we're going to have that body. Seriously. Um, and then, so I always have travel stuff on my personal side. So I have like, which was crazy because we didn't go nowhere, but mm. I had um, Charleston. I've never been. I have China. I have Egypt. And so I always, on my personal side, have some travel stuff. I also have like... um. What do I have? Like, you know, I have romances on because I'm like, I want to, you know, still be very much in love with my hubby. I have a baby on here. And so, yeah, so that will stay on. So, yeah, I just, I like to, I like to address because my, like, professional life plays such a major role in my life. So I like to have a professional side and a personal side. And some of it is just sticky notes with things written on it. And some of it is like just pictures. Some of it, I cut out words. So whatever kind of moves you and makes you say, oh, you know, but I encourage everyone to make one. I make one with um, my sisters and Supergirl, and I usually have a vision board um, party every year, but obviously it's not happening. So instead, yeah. me, Supergirl, and my sister um, will probably just do one together. That's really nice. And I think the the for me, you know, you don't, and I, and I think it's great that you can say, you know, you don't have to like go all out with your vision board. It can be writing down or just something super simple, you know, um, because the important thing is that you think about a different vision for yourself if you're not happy with what's going on in your life now. And it's sort of, it, it's like a, a an annual check-in where you can say, what do I like about where I'm at now and, and where do I want to be? Because I think sometimes when you're in a rut, you kind of get in this cycle of like, oh, this is, this is it. Like, this is how good it can be and I'm just going to be okay with this and, you know, deal with something that I'm not entirely excited about. And Maybe this is, maybe sitting down to do a vision board can remind you, you know, what gets you excited? What what kind of gets your heart pumping? What did you want to do when you were a kid that you never really got around to do? Those types of things. I think I might do one. I'm dead. I'm, I would love to see Husbay's vision board. No, you should. I think it's a good, you know, because I, like I said, it's just a good activity to kind of bring forth your your goals and dreams. But the, the one rule, there's usually, there's really no rule for vision boarding except for this one rule, which is you speak about your goals in the positive. So mm. I wouldn't say don't gain any more weight. It would just be like to have a fit body like Serena, you know, or I wouldn't say um, like um, stop spending. Instead, I would say save more. So that's really the only rule is that you speak in the positive, you post in the positive mm. on your on your vision board because that negative talk actually, it, it actually 
redirects your attention to what you don't have. And if you speak negatively, you that's what you see and that's what you feel and that's what you help to quite honestly bring bring more of that into your life. I learned that not just from vision boarding, but even um like in child psychology, like when I first used to teach, uh, when I first started teaching preschool, every preschool classroom has a set of rules. So we had like three rules. It was like, mine were no hitting, no running and um, and no yelling or something like that. And I remember thinking, oh, these are so good. And and uh, a teacher, uh, they always when you're a new teacher, they always match you with a um, a what's it called a teacher, a um, like a like a seasoned teacher. And she was like, no, that your rules, Tiffany, are speaking in the negative. She said, when you have no hitting, kids hear hit. No running, they hear run. No yelling, they hear yell. You have to speak in the positive. So instead, it was like I changed it to walking feet. I changed it to um, 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 in, use your inside voice. And um, I changed it to um, nice hands or something like that. Like, you know, use your, your, your you know, play nicely Give or use hugs. your nice hands or, you know, or something to that effect, right? So, but then I learned, because she was like, you know, that if you, you want to reinforce the positive, not reinforcing the negatives. And so I was just like, wow. So that's really the only rule for your vision board, just to make sure that you're not putting the anti, that you're putting the thing that you actually want, not the thing that you don't want on your vision board or, mm-hmm. or vision journal or vision painting or, or picture or whatever. Well, I loved it. And the reason I brought up vision boarding at all, because as I was thinking about y'all's questions, I was like, send us some questions like, wh- or tell us what your vision board for 2021 looks like, other than just a big fat dose of a vaccine, you know, and a nice cocktail. But what do y'all have planned for 2021? And are there any questions you have? And that also leads me to the questions that we I chose for today's show because I feel like they came from two listeners who are each weighing some interesting career slash money decisions um, that folks might relate to. So let me pull those up. For 2021, I'm going to get a real podcast set up so I don't have to juggle these pillows. This is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our first question comes from someone who'd like to remain anonymous, which is fine. We will call her Patricia. Patricia says, I am 25 and pretty early on in my career. I have a secure salary job with almost $5,000 in my 401k and savings of about $5,000. I have $50,000 in student debt and a little bit of credit card debt. I'm living with my folks now and I'm not paying rent and saving money. So here's my question. I want to quit my job because I'm unsatisfied. It does not make me happy. Should I wait until I sec- until I can secure something else or put my personal health first and put a two-week notice in now and hope I find something or hope I find another job ASAP? I have a degree and two years of professional work experience, so I'm semi-confident I can find something fast. Any feedback is appreciated. Can I show you this meme that like I saw someone said, nobody quits a job like a millennial in a toxic environment. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Oh. We we love ourselves. No, some, uh, be like, some mental health. You know what? I don't even like the way you guys got the AC up in here. I don't even. I don't appreciate this. I told y'all about the AC. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, we, it's true. Well, no, <laughs> what's her ahead. name? Does she say her name? She wants to be anonymous. We're gonna call her Patricia. Patty, Patty, Patty. So <laughs> here's the thing. I I actually had two of my friends who actually did get sick at work. Meaning, like it was like really, but it was a, it was a very toxic like dangerous kind of like environment with the level of toxicity and how are they being treated. And so it was affecting them um, emotionally, but also mentally and physically. It. Um, I actually had a, a friend who got Bell's palsy, like, you know, one side of her face stopped moving Ooh, because of the yes. level of stress. I had someone now, we don't want that for you. That's but I scary. also want that you're not, because there is, I don't want 
really like this job. Like, you know, for example, I'm, I'm a cashier at McDonald's. I really like this job. And there's my boss is inappropriate and says things to me that makes me feel uncomfortable. The things that we're doing are not ethical. So I just want to make sure that you should absolutely leave if it's a toxic, unsafe environment. You don't have to wait. Thank God you're, you know, you're home with your mom and your dad and your parents. But if it's a, I don't really like it because it doesn't fulfill me, you know, it's okay to stay until you have another job because that's going to happen in life. You're 25 and I get it. But I just want to make sure because you don't want to be someone who thinks that challenges mean that you 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 turn around and you leave. Yeah. You know, unless, you know what I mean? So I just want to make sure that that's what it is. But I also want to honor that it might really be toxic. And I don't want you to stay somewhere, Patty, where it's like a really like not safe space. But if it's just because you don't like it, because it's not interesting, it's not fun, it's boring. Maybe your boss is not the nicest, but they're not like, you know, they're not like, you know, mistreating you. They're just like, you know, they're not the nicest. Then those are things that you can... You can wait, like sift through and wait on until you find another job. I just don't want you dropping from place to place. Yeah, I I have been that 25-year-old, 100%. And I think a lot of 25-year-olds, you're not going to like love your first job working out of college or grad school. It sounds like you got your job out of grad school. Um, yeah, I mean, it's okay to not be satisfied. I, I think it's, don't, don't, and she doesn't say anything about being in danger or like why necessarily she's unsatisfied. She doesn't even use the word toxic. So if it's simply that you just aren't loving what you're doing, I might, like, and Tiffany was talking about flipping things to a positive perspective earlier, and I've always approached my career this way. Jobs may not be right for you, but there can be something that you get out of them, or at least the only thing you get out of them is you learned what you don't want in another job, then that's also a positive. So try Mm -hmm. to find the positive and try to keep... My my least favorite thing about someone who's unhappy with where they work is that they tend to be really hard to work with because they're just so miserable and they just kind of drag the morale down. Y'all, I'm sorry. My dog is having a conniption upstairs. Um, Anyway, and I just... And you also, you don't necessarily want to leave as the employee who seems like super down and like always negative and drags their feet virtually. I I, I would say, you know, look at where you're at now. What can you continue to, to contribute? What can you possibly get out of this experience? And just make peace with the fact that, you know, this is not going to be your forever job. And like, okay, mm-hmm. it's not going to be your forever job. It's very unusual to get your forever job, you know, in your mid-20s. So I think if you have a positive attitude, you can leave there on a good note. And I don't even, you know, whether you're going to switch industries or not, I just think it's it's bad form to leave on a bad note, you know, with people kind of, um, you know, feeling like you had checked out and you were super negative all the time. That being said, if you if you truly are unhappy there and you and and it's it's toxic and it's putting your mental health at risk and you have a soft place to land, that is a huge blessing. You've got somewhere safe. Yes. You're taken care of. You're not forced to pay these, you know, extra bills. So you you know full well you can quit your job and you'll be all right. But what if you stuck it out? It's not hurting you, maybe, and you want to stick it out, continue getting whatever benefits you can identify. Maybe it's a 401k match or, you know, a colleague that you enjoy working with or, or whatnot. And you can look for jobs on the side. I'll say one thing about mm-hmm. COVID times. It's a lot easier to sneak out for a virtual interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ain't that the truth? So yes, easy. So, true. so easy. Um, not that I know, but you know, you you can do that. You can multitask. So why not see what else is out there and uh, keep your salary in the meantime? Um, so yes. yeah, that's that's what I would say to that. 
Yeah, just knowing the difference between leaving, you know, a toxic place and leaving a place that you're just like, yeah, I'm not that, you know, I don't love it here. That's not the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably you're just not going to love your first job out of college. And like, that's okay. I sure didn't love my mm-hmm. first job. My first two jobs, actually. <laughs> but anywho, I had one nonetheless, and I was grateful. All right, exactly. let's move on to our second question. This comes from listener named Dasha. She's from the ATL. Hey, hope you're voting. Okay. Dasha says, I recently got married in July of 2020 and relocated to Georgia. I left behind my teaching job of 10 years, and unfortunately, that also meant leaving behind my precious sick time that I had saved up. Now that me and my partner are planning to have a family, I want to stay home with the baby as long as possible. However, at my new teaching job, they literally gave me three days of sick time. Of sick time. <gasps> After paying off some debts, I have enough money left over from selling my home to stay home with the baby for about six months. Should I use that money to stay home with the baby or tough it out, go back to work after six weeks and invest that money in the baby's future or just save it? I truly appreciate your help and I'm blessed to be part of the Brown Ambition community. Thanks again and happy holidays. Also, yes, Mandy, my paper ballot has been mailed off for the runoff election. (laughs) (laughs) You got uh, me. I'm sorry. All I heard was Georgia. Oh, okay. Now we can focus. Oh, I love it. Um, Man, Mm. as a mama, I'm just like, go stay home with that baby. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you said you said stay home with the baby? I'm I'm kind of like, yeah. I mean, that's what my heart says. My heart says, well, she just got a new job. How soon are you trying to have this kiddo? Because if you got three mm-hmm. days up front, I mean, does that mean, like, it takes a long time to cook a child inside, you know, in the next nine to 12 months, if, if you get pregnant right away, you know, could you mm-hmm. accrue more sick time in that process? Um, and know. did she say she's a teacher at her new place? She's a teacher, yes, teaching job in Georgia. I wonder. I'm like, I'm just saying, could she time it for summertime so she could extend? Oh, you know you how that I mean? world works. Yeah, don't they get like a summer break? Mm-hmm. I remember you put me on the app Ovia. O v i a. It's just a free ovulating app. Yeah. And could you? And then there's also they also that same company has a pregnancy app, so you can kind of like time. You're like, huh? I could be pregnant. You know, have the baby like right before the summer, have that time off, have the summer off, and then still have like my other weeks. So maybe that's an option. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there are some things, everything is not financial. This is like, for example, what I tell my COO all the time, because she's very, very, very system focused and organized, right? I always remind her, I said, remember, systems are here to support people, not to suppress them, mm. meaning the system is not in charge. It's So... For you, like money is here to be of service to you. You are not here to serve money. That if you want, because you've saved up, if you that money is yours to do what you think is best for your life. It's not like, yes, it's great to save and invest in those things. And of course, you know, you know, me and Mandra are all about that. But ultimately, that money is a tool for you to live the life that you want. So if what you want is to stay home with the baby, and the truth is from like, you know, what I hear from new moms, you will know how you feel when the baby gets here. I don't care what you think you're going to think. You're not going to know until the baby gets mm. here. All right, Mandy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have uh, personally, and I'm, I've been candid about this, maternity leave was not for me. It's, mm. it, I mean, it was for me because I did need to like keep the tiny human alive. But for me, personal me, Mandy, away from mommy me, it was really, really hard for me not to have something to focus my time and energy on. And it didn't have to be a job, but it needed to be something creative, something that I could go away to do. So if you're, you know, you think that you're maybe of a similar mindset, you may not even want six months alone. I'm saying like three months is nice. Three months and that, if you have the savings for that and 
maybe your timeline is, maybe you're already pregnant, you just didn't say it, but um, maybe your timeline is such that, you know, you want to have a baby really soon and you want to take that time off and you got money in the bank to do it. You are a teacher. She's a teacher. So I'm kind of feeling like, isn't that a pretty stable job? Like you can always get a teaching job. Um, For the most part. I mean, well, you know, things are always a little wonky, but teachers, it's not like an an engineer where you have to look and look and look and look typically. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so... Yeah, I I mean, I would, I, to Mandy's point, plan for some time, but you might not want the full six months or you might want, the, you know, everyone is different. And um, just from, I remember you, Mandy, just from you being like, mm, you didn't really know what you were going to feel until the baby got here. So give yourself some flexibility to have some time, um, take more if need be since you have the funds and take less if, if need be since you, you know, you have the job. Oh, and I didn't even mention this. The thing is, she's talking about sick time because that's that's how my my husband's job worked too. He for his parental leave, he had to save up all of his six days, and even then, they maxed it out at six weeks, um, mm. and he saved them up for over ten years. And but anyway, so but what you do have is you do have the FMLA, the Family and Medical Leave Act, which does grant every employee in the U.S. twelve weeks of unpaid leave, but it's twelve weeks, so you can mm. legally take twelve weeks of unpaid leave from your teaching job and fully expect to come back to a job by law. Now, you would always have to like cover your expenses over that 12 weeks, but so it kind of sounds like like what if you do the 12 weeks and you know, see how things are and you want to go back, then okay. Mm-hmm. And you can use your savings, thank goodness you have some to 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 spend, you know, to to help well, with the expenses on that time off and then you can go back after that. That that is also something yes, to consider. I like that. You know, whenever I hear of FMLA, I always think F my life. <laughs> I know, right? Come on. They didn't come up with that in the, in the you know, in the meme, in the meme generation. Yes. I've always like, say what now? Oh, okay. FMLA. It, it might as well be called that because it's like unpaid leave and the U.S. has the least generous federal standard for parental leave. The least in the entire world, it feels like. Or at least among developed countries like ours. But what do, you, what do you say to, like, the entire six months? Because, I mean, it sounds like she's got this windfall from selling her home in New York. Why did I make up that she's from New York? I don't know. She moved from <laughs> up north and moved to Georgia, and now she's got this cash in the bank. She does say, you know, should I invest it for my child's future or save it for, you know, just plain save it? And if it's the only nest egg that y'all have, that's another save. reason I'd be like, mm, maybe not below the entire thing. Yeah. Um. But maybe take that 12 weeks. you've got a tiny human that you have to like, yeah, like provide for beyond, beyond those six months. You might be skipping back to work if you're like me (laughs) in the middle of a pandemic. Like, what do you you mean I can't come in? But I've been planning for this. (laughs) My heart goes out to the teachers who have kids at home, though. I don't know how they do it. Oh, my gosh. Yo, I used to think to myself, it was hard enough when the teachers had kids at home and they were at school because I was like, yo, you go home to more of this? They're like, girl. <laughs> so I can't imagine there's no reprieve. It's like, well, dang. Yeah. Like, I just I just can't even imagine. Like, whenever, like, I go over to my sister's house and, like, Roman is taking, like, his um homeschool. That's what he calls it. I'm doing homeschool. <laughs> there's, like, one kid, like, that I, my, my sister always has to leave the room not to laugh because he'd be like, teacher, teacher, my head is raised. <laughs> Roman <laughs> will? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Roman doesn't. He just be looking like, oh, God, oh, another kid in this. <laughs> yes, but he's always teacher, teacher. My hand is raised. My hand 
his face. Oh my God. And it's just hilarious. <laughs> but you don't want to laugh because, you know, clearly their parent is in the background, so you don't be giggling at somebody else's kid. Yeah. So we always go in the other room and just like bust out into tears. But um, yeah, I just can't imagine that that teacher teacher is teaching Roman and the rest of these five, six-year-olds and then has a five, six-year-old who's also like, mommy, mommy, mommy. Come on. Yeah. So yeah. So no, I think that's a game plan, Mandy. Mandy, I think that, yes, seeing how you feel, knowing that you have your 12 weeks either way, but being mindful that you're likely going to need, I mean, you have a human to raise, so you're going to need that money. Like, you're, you're going to. So, yeah. But at the same time, I'm all for using money as, as a tool to live the life that you want. But I don't think you have to make that full decision now. You know, I think that you dip your baby toe in and do more or less depending on how you feel in that, you know, when the baby gets here. Yes, 100%. And I hope that y'all move to Georgia because you got all kinds of relatives who can provide you some free childcare. Yes. Because it, it's so nice. I don't know why I left. <laughs> it makes so little sense why I decided to move away from family, but it's not always about me. Thank you, Dasha, for your question. Thank you for voting in the Senate runoff in Georgia. Love it. All right, guys, that is our questions for this week, our final episode of 2020. Hit us up, though. We will be back in 2021. And you can reach us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. You can also slide into our DMs. We are at brownambitionpodcast on Instagram. Yes, we are. So do you want to do a booster break or do you just want to do like 2021 hope for us? 20, let's do a boost for 2020, like something positive that came out of this okay. year. I don't know. And then we can talk about 2021. Lord of mercy, my 2020 boost. I feel like I've been talking a lot, so I think you should go. Um, what is the 2020 boost? Um, I mean, there were there were a, you know, accomplished a, a, a lot of, this year, Molly Moore. Yeah, there was right. It was Molly Moore. You know what? I have to say, if I had one real boost for 2020, it was more so me learning to ask for help. Hmm. Like, I got, like, my executive coach member, like, I was, like, drowning in the beginning of the year. Yep. Got my executive coaching team to exec my team, to coach my team. It's been amazing. I got my own, like, you know, personal kind of, like, life coach, and she's been awesome. We meet tomorrow. Hey, Dr. Green, see you soon. I also, you know, like, I, it just, it, it was just a lot of me asking for help and not, not waiting. So I have to say that if, if 2020 revealed anything, it was, I don't have to do all the things myself that I can ask for help. It's... Not that I thought it was a sign of weakness. I'm always someone who doesn't want to, quote, unquote, bother somebody. Mm. Um, and I just feel like I ought to know, so I'll figure it out. So, you know, I just, to me, that's, yeah, that's my biggest win. It was just, like, learning that I don't, figuring it out sometimes is asking just for help. Yeah, I, so, I love that. And I think you're so set up for 2021 success even more because of the work you put in this year with the executive coach. And now you got your got your life coach on deck. I love that. Especially because I've been like low key badgering you to get a therapist. I know, for a long to time. get some help. I know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for me, my boost for twenty. When I think about this year, I know, God, I know that there's so there was so much darkness, so much death. The summer especially was so hard. I mean, and I was kind of scrolling through my Instagram, which is like my time capsule. It feels like, where was I at in July? You know, when all those protests were happening, and 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 I. <sighs> Part of me is just the blessing is to have survived it. The boost is to have survived mm -hmm. it and to mm -hmm. be able to go forward, reawakened in so many ways. And because, I mean, I've always, uh, listen, I'm, I'm black. I'm a woman in this world. I've, I've been aware of things for a long time, the way that we move through the world and the challenges we have. 
And, but what I'll say is I feel super empowered this year, having seen what our voices can do collectively when we, when we get out there and, and demand change. And I am excited to, to take that forward into 2021 with me. And I, yeah, I just feel grateful to have survived it all. I feel, I'm, I'm heartbroken for people who have lost loved ones and hundreds of thousands of people have died. Thousands of people die every day. They still are. That to me is is embarrassing and shocking and just tragic. But for some reason, we survived this year and I got to believe that there is a plan. And I'm so grateful for the time I've had with my son. I'm so grateful for this podcast, Tiffany. Um, mm-hmm. It's such a grounding force in my life, truly, this podcast and talking to you every week. Um, so I'm grateful to you for for still doing this with me five years in. We celebrated our five-year <laughs> anniversary this year. It's cray-cray. Yes, I know. Yeah. It is cray-cray. All right. I'm, I'm done getting all emotional now. But 2021. So, okay. So now we've kind of covered what was good about 2020. But what about the new year? Well, what I see for the new year for 2021, hopefully I'll be preggers. I got some good news from the doctor. Remember, Mm -hmm. I I think I talked about it like a a few, no, not preggers yet, but Mm -hmm. um, I think I remember I told you I had to do like a mock kind of like uh, trial or whatever. And they had to see like, oh, you know, what day am I most like it's. So the way it works is that with IVF, you go through a cycle. That's just when they give you all this medicine to get your insides ready to receive a baby. If you already have like um, an embryo, which is just a. you know, um, your your egg mixed with, you know, your partner's sperm and, and they started to grow like basically a baby outside of you. And so they just want to, because I have just one healthy embryo left and they're like, ooh, it's game time. So they wanted to do like a mock cycle to see, okay, Tiffany, what day, day seven or day eight, are you most like, you know, receptive? Mm. And I didn't, it didn't even strike me as that you, because some people actually, they'll test you and you, your uterus is like, girl, it's not, it's not healthy in here, you know? Mm. So anyway, the doctor called me today. He was like, yay, you're totally receptive. Both days were great. I was like, oh, yeah, so that's good. So that just means, basically, it's up to me now. I just have to, um, the next time my menses, as, as old African women would say, your menses. Your menses. That's just your, your moon <laughs> blood. <laughs> I watched a lot of Game of Thrones. All right, go ahead. So the next time it comes. Today, like, there's I a can... Christmas star. I think y'all should do it at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> I could just basically, you know, we could. I could just let them know we could start a cycle. So, yeah. So I think hopefully for 2021, there'll be a baby, super baby cooking mm. prayerfully for real. Like if you, whatever it is that you believe in, if you just send either good energy, good rays, prayer, accepting all good energy. Um, and I don't know, there's a lot of stuff. You know, my book comes out next year. We'll talk about it more mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. Potential TV show. We'll see. There's been a lot of a lot of production companies have reached out, but there's one in particular that I'm interested in. But we've still been doing we've been doing a lot of negotiating, yeah, and just growth. Like I want to like you know I want to grow in Tiffany, not just as the budgetista. And that's I'm I'm doing a lot of pulling away from other parts of my business so to have space to grow as Tiffany. So I love it. Where's the first place you're going to travel in the new year? I know. I don't like when we could finally travel. Yeah, like next summerish. I don't know. It's hard to be hopeful, I don't know. but. I would say domestically, I kind of want to go to Charleston. I just heard it's so beautiful. Yeah, Charleston. Mm-hmm. Love that. I've been thinking I'm definitely going to just go to Atlanta, just go see my family, all the family that I've connected with in these virtual times. 2021 for me looks like a career inflection point, definitely asking for more. And mm-hmm. I've already started those conversations 
this year, but I'm, you know, I talked to you, Tiffany, about it too, and just expecting bigger and better for myself and, and just looking for a new, a new challenge and a new chapter and, and new challenges, whether it's, you know, where I'm at now, or I just feel open to, to new stuff. And as far as the baby, I'm 2021, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for Rio to like be in the, in the, in a normal world. You know, I'm excited Aww. to see, I'm excited slash scared. I'm going to choose to say excited. Cause I, otherwise I think okay. I'll just be sad about him going to daycare and Aww. just, you know, I just keep picturing with like a little baseball cap and a base and a, and a, and a backpack. I don't even think babies oh, need that. Yeah. They love their little backpack <laughs> with nothing in it, but yeah. some papers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll throw, like, you know, some of Molly's chew toys in there. He loves those. <laughs> but just, you know, having him make friends, I'm just very excited to see him. I don't know. I'm just excited to see him, you know, grow up and, and and uh, you know, just make his own little, make his own little trajectory for himself. So yes. 2021, here we go. Thank you all for riding with us this year. Really, truly. Yes. Y'all have, con- and we have new listeners this year on top of everything. So thank y'all for your continued love and support. It means so, so yes. much to us. Don't forget to use <clears throat> promo code ho 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 at brandambitionstore.com. <laughs> yeah, get your swag. Get your swag. swag. Holiday <laughs> swag. Yeah. We're going to get the holiday swag, Manjo. Brownambitionstore.com. Thank mm-hmm. you for asking. Use the promo code ho ho ho. What is it, 25% off? I think so. Get yourself decked out and just. Hang in there, y'all. It's going to be a dark winter, but we will get through it. We will. And hit us up. Send us your questions. Tiffany, I hope you get some rest. I will. Relaxation. Yes. And you know what? Before we go, I would love to give for you guys to give me some, like, message. Just, like, especially, like, maybe, I don't know, like, write on a post on Instagram or that's probably the best. Or even tweet me. I'm the budget least on Instagram and Twitter. A friend of mine, um, I asked her for some advice because she had helped to launch uh, Tony Robbins' book, Money. And I asked her for some advice about how, you know, like some best practices about launching mine. And she'd asked me all these questions. I already have a team. We've been working on it for like two months and this and that. She's like, I'm not going to give you any advice. I was like, what? Why, Sybil? And she was like, you don't, the book is going to do what the book is going to do. Tiffany, you are already doing all of the work. Instead, I want you to tell me how will you celebrate when it's successful? Mm-hmm. I was like, what? She's like, because I know you have no plans for a celebration. Mm-hmm. She was like, you, she said, I want you to do something slightly tacky. I was like, what? Book party. <laughs> no, she said slightly tacky, meaning like, I want you, she said, do something, Tiffany. I don't want like, oh, we went to dinner. No. She said, I want something a little ostentatious, a little tacky, Tiffany. You don't never do anything big for yourself. So I would love if if money was not, you know, was not an issue, you know, what would you do in celebration of a big milestone, like your first, first traditionally published book doing really well? Like, what would you do? Um, like I said, money's not an object, you know, like it's not an issue at all. Um, but, you know, because she was like, girl, I want you to rent a private jet and go to Fiji. I was like, what? Sybil. <laughs> she was like, price it out. It might not be as much as you think. So that's the kind of thing. So I would love for you guys to be like, girl, if it was me, I would, you know, because I just like, because even if I don't do it, you know, for this, because I'm like, Sybil, girl. But I want to start thinking outside the box, box of ways to like, celebrate and mark a moment in time, you know? So yeah, just please, at the Budgetista, tweet me, you know, message me or post under my IG. I mean, I look at those every day and um, give me an idea because I would love, you know, I'd love to think about it. And then I'll, you know, hopefully I'll I'll pick one and, and celebrate big um, for next year. Yes. Put it on your vision board. Let's fill up yes. Tiffany's vision board. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe you can just buy Charleston. 
Just buy the whole damn city. (laughs) Well, she said, I'm not going to lie. A private jet is something like to to, like actually one day, like I just always assume maybe one day somebody would hire me and then send a private jet for me. Mm. But that was like, all, like that's on like my bucket list, you know, like of like, oh, to fly in a private jet. Oh, and she's like, it might easy, not be as much easy. as you think. You'll be there, please. I'm like, ah, that's you know. I I'm fully like, expect I your book to be on like Oprah's favorite things list for next oh year. God, that'd be crazy. You and Oprah, there's some energy in the in the like you and Oprah. <laughs> she she knows about you, Tiffany. I just feel it in my bones, and she's waiting. <laughs> She's waiting to tap you on your virtual shoulder. If anybody knows Oprah, tell her I said hi. She knows who you are. Like, she knows. She's out there. She's watching. She is. Um, all right. Well, we're so excited to see y'all next year. We'll, yes. uh, we'll we'll hit you up, you know, let you know when we're going to be back, maybe a couple weeks, see how we feel. All yes, right. we will. Happy New Year to you, Callie. Thank you for being our badass editor. All Yes. This, thank you so much. Yes. You really saved my booty. So we're we're thankful for you too and wish you guys all a blessed and safe holiday. And see you in the new year. See you next year. Bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.